Today I'm talking about how COVID affected cruisers like myself when the first lockdown happened and how had it has affected us this season as well. Welcome to the Sailing Doodles podcast where we talk to all sorts of people in the sailing and boating community. It's available wherever you get your audio podcasts and on YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash sailing doodles. All right, and welcome to the Sailing Doodles podcast, uh, as we say there. And uh, it's a little early for drinking a beer here. Uh, at 10.15, that's even a little early for me, you know. But uh, So cheers, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's available on audio format as well, if you're listening in your car or on YouTube, however you'd like to do it. Um, but today I thought I'd really – I don't think I've really addressed it. I mean, I, I'm sure I have addressed it in some, uh, in some videos and podcasts and how – COVID has affected cruisers, but I thought I'd go maybe a little more in-depth this time. And kind of what I'm going to do is just give you a rundown of what happened to us when we were when lockdown, when we first started hearing about it, how it how it affected us, and what we had to do in order to basically get by during that uh, during the whole time that um, COVID lockdown happened. And then I'll kind of explain how it's affected us this season and like where we can go and do all these things. So hopefully you guys get some information or enjoy it. And uh, I'm hoping things change because uh, I think I think. We're we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I think next season, beginning in November of 2021, cruising will relatively go back to normal, especially if you've had a uh, vaccine. So, all right. So, uh, kind of the timeline there. So, early March 2020, we were in, you know, had we. I don't remember if we were in Dominican when we first started. We might have been in Dominican Republic when we first started hearing rumors, like in February, of some kind of, you know, uh, virus going around in China. Um, but, you know, I mean, again, it was kind of... Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to pause this for one second. All right. Sorry, I had to adjust my levels there. It wasn't looking quite so good. But uh, so we were in uh, Dominican Republic... And, you know, we just started hearing about it. But, I mean, it's like the boy that cried wolf, right? I mean, we heard about SARS back in the day, and then we heard about MERS and all that stuff. And you're like, okay, well, there's this weird new disease coming out of China. Um, you know, okay, here we go again, but nothing ever happened, right? And so we didn't really think too much of it. And then we get to Puerto Rico, and things are starting to get a little more funky at that point. You're starting to see less starting to see less people out hadn't really seen too many people or the bars weren't as crowded the restaurants weren't as crowded it was still a fun time though we were having a good time and then and then i don't know like march 16th that's when things got serious that's when puerto rico went under full lockdown and and my we, we didn't know we didn't know how bad things were or how not bad things were back then we you know when we first got we first started hearing about it you're hearing like okay it's got like a five percent death toll or something and you're like man that's you know that could be you know that's tens of millions of, of americans alone not not i mean not only world population so i think everybody pretty much overreacted in the beginning but i mean we didn't have all we didn't have good information we just did not have good information and so puerto rico locked down hard and they went and a lot of places did this but puerto rico did it exceptionally hard they went to a um, a full-on total lockdown uh you were not allowed to leave your house unless you're going to a grocery store or to get you know a pharmacy that was literally it you're not allowed. and all non-essential businesses closed and unfortunately they uh they considered okay we were very lucky um the timing of things because we had just gotten to puerto del rey the marina on the 16th that's or on the 15th uh maybe it was the 14th i'm not sure but we had rented a car because we were planning to go to San Juan and hang out. And we actually did go to San Juan for a little bit. We rented a car. So they closed the marina like because they considered it a non-essential business, which 
I mean, I get it. For recreational boating, they didn't want people going out like on partying on their boat. But we lived on our boat. We live on our boat. And they shut the marina down. Couldn't go in and out of the marina. Actually, we could go in and out of the marina because we had special permission because we actually lived on our boat. But if you did not live on your boat, you're not allowed to go in and out. There were no services at the marina. You could not get fuel at the marina. If anything broke, you couldn't get it fixed. Uh, and so it was just uh, it was a bad, bad time because we did have a problem. We couldn't get... And it was actually the marina's problem. Like, we couldn't... Well, it was partly our boat, partly the marina. So the inverter charger we had on the boat back then had a problem where it wouldn't accept voltage over... Uh, you know, I had a 240 plug, 220 plug, but or 240, rather. 240 volts in, but it's got two legs, right? It's got a two 110 legs, or 120 legs. Um, well, if the voltage on any of those legs was over 125 or 127, something like that, my inverter charger would not accept power. Well, the voltage was like 127 or 128, and so I could not get power from the dock. Okay, so that's a bad enough problem, because um, I, I don't have. I, it means I have to run my generator or whatever, because I don't. I didn't have enough solar to do that. Well. Uh, and then so I couldn't the marina couldn't fix the problem because they weren't allowed to have their employees come to work uh, I couldn't get anybody to work on my boat because nobody was allowed to work on boats I couldn't even get parts shipped here because UPS and all that stuff wasn't running the only way I was able to fix it is and all the all the automotive stores were closed all the hardware stores were closed you know only things that were open were gas stations I'm not yeah gas stations uh, grocery stores and pharmacies so luckily they considered Walmart a grocery store and I had to go, and I went and bought one of those like uh, car battery chargers, but it was like a three or a five amp charger, which is not enough to power the boat, and and it wouldn't stay on, and it was just a, so I was basically plugging in to the outside, running an extension cord in, and putting that battery charger on my batteries, and it just wasn't enough. But I, it was just annoying, couldn't get anything done. And the only reason, only reason I was able to go do all that is because we had rented a car before they locked down. Had had. Uh, we not rented that car before the lockdown. We would not have been able to rent a car. Couldn't get a taxi, uh, and it was too long of a walk. I mean, it's like a five, six mile walk to the, go to the grocery store, or maybe even further to go to Walmart, and maybe ten miles to go to Walmart. So think about it, we were trapped, and if we didn't have that rental car, and it was just a, a gross overreaction um, because. I don't know. It just it just was, and so it was really a bad situation we were in. We couldn't do much there, so we and then they weren't allowing boaters to leave, right? So uh, they considered a sailboat or recreational boating, and so they weren't allowing you to leave the marina on your boat. They weren't allowing you to come in on your boat. They weren't allowed you go for a, for a day sail. They weren't allowing any of that. So what we ended up doing is because we just couldn't we couldn't do anything there. Um, we couldn't get work. We couldn't we couldn't fix the boat. We couldn't do anything, um, and so we left an hour before dawn out of the marina turned off our ais which ais is like your uh tracker on the boat it's kind of like an airplane's transponder and we left before dawn and turned everything off running silent i mean we had our well, i don't remember if we i think we yeah we had our lights on just to get out of the marina but once we got out of the marina we turned them off and um and uh, and then we made it. We went for uh, Saint Saint Thomas because had you know. It, luckily, they weren't patrolling by then. We like within a week after that, the police started patrolling um, and not letting boaters go out, and they were fining them and you know doing whatever after that. And so, but we left and we went over to the U.S. Virgin Islands, and uh, things were much better there. Um, you know, it was about a week, but another week before Saint Thomas really imposed harsh restrictions. Like when we got to Saint Thomas, the um, marinas were open, the restaurants were open, everything. They were doing reduced capacity already, but they weren't. Um, they weren't like closing everything down. 
Uh, let me see, make sure I didn't miss anything here. Um, so, uh, so we had a good time in St. Thomas for a little while, and then they shut down. They kind of went to non-essential businesses, but they were allowing restaurants to do takeout. Uh, no bar service, no table service, obviously, and you had to wear a mask and all that. Um, that's fine. Um, but, like, we would get takeout, and there was another um, – some friends of ours that – um, Steve and Loretta that I've sailed with a lot. We were on a mooring next to their boat, and we were hanging out with them on their boat. They're with us on ours. We're not going out and don't go into bars or anything because they're all closed anyway. But, I mean, we would get takeout and go to the beach, and we're sitting there eating takeout on the beach with our friends, and the police came up and said, hey, you got to separate. And we're like, you know, it's just, it was such a gross road reaction. Honestly, people didn't know any better, but still. I mean, it's just, it was, a, you know, now we know, and uh, I guess knowing's half the battle, right, GI Joe? But so St. Thomas closed down all um, hotels, Airbnbs. You couldn't get any. Um, uh, so they couldn't shut down the um, airport because that's the federal. But they did. Um, St. Thomas and the U.S. Virgin Islands um, closed all hotels and all Airbnbs, so they weren't allowing. So you could come to St. Thomas, but you had nowhere to stay. So that's how they were kind of getting around, not letting people come down. Because unless you owned a home or knew somebody you could stay with, you weren't allowed to come down. And uh, it was like that for a couple weeks, and then I don't remember exactly why there might have been two, three cases. Like literally, I was watching the caseloads in St. Thomas every day. I saw. I never saw more than seven, like at one time. Um, um, and might have been two or three cases, and they shut down the beaches. Um, and I think it was coming up on um, uh, Easter, and I think the locals do a lot of beach parties and stuff like that. They didn't want it happening, so they shut down the beaches for two weeks. We were actually on a mooring in St. John, and um, so we were we had been there for like three or four weeks. Uh, the park, the national park, is normally thirty dollars a night, twenty six dollars a night. Um, but the national parks actually stopped enforcing uh, the payments on it because they had no way to collect the money. They didn't really want to. Plus, nobody had anywhere to go. Like, uh, so you couldn't go to any of the other islands. They had all shut down. Um, the only place around that was actually accepting people and letting people come in, which I thankfully, I mean, I really, I think the way St. Thomas and the Virgin Islands handled the pandemic, uh, I really, I commend them for what they did. Um, so, it, like, if you were an American registered boat and you were anywhere else in the uh, Caribbean you, the only place you could go Puerto Rico would not allow you to come but the Virgin Islands did let you come and you had to quarantine obviously but they let people come in and but because they had nowhere else to go where where are you going to go I mean they, a, lot of, a lot of countries were kicking people out of their place if you weren't like a local you know so it just so I really like the fact that the U.S. Virgin Islands stayed open and let people come in. They did shut down the, the beaches for a couple weeks. When that happened, we actually left St. John and just went to a, a remoter, a more remoter, a more remote island and anchored there. And that way we could go to the beach because there's nobody around. Who cares? I mean, nobody's watching us anyway. So we did that. And then when they kind of lifted the beach ban, we went back to St. John and we're next to our friends again. And we would just go to the beach every day. Like literally, we would go to the beach for lunch because uh, uh, there was takeout at this little bar there and they would actually um, you know, bring us takeout food and then serve us drinks on the beach, which was kind of nice, but there was only like, I mean, at most we would see seven or eight people on the beach. It was us three, basically two or three, and then Steve and Loretta, and then there was another guy named Ray who you probably met a couple times, and uh, 
just I mean like it was it was actually a lot of fun because we had the whole beach to ourselves and we just we'd bring some cigars and a cooler and and a little stereo and we just hung out on the beach every day it was it was quite nice um, but then you got to then the kind of the problem was is that um, because the Virgin Islands were open and allowing people to come in. Uh, unfortunately, there got to be a little animosity between maybe some of the locals and the boating community. They were maybe blaming the boating community for COVID a little bit. Uh, you know, they, they were saying, all oh, you know, these people are bringing COVID in and whatever. And uh, or all they're doing out there is uh, just uh, they're sitting on their boats and they're flushing their waste in the in the ocean and all that. And just washing up on our beaches. And, you know, there was no evidence of any of that. Like. Once a week, we would get off our mooring, go offshore, dump our toilet, and then come back. And I saw all the boats doing that. They were all doing that. They even started testing the water to make sure nobody was doing that. And they, the water tested cleaner than it ever had, you know. But uh, there was everybody was looking for somebody to blame, and cruisers were an easy out for the locals. And luckily, we didn't see too many too much of the problem because we were in the national park side of things. But like around over in Coral Bay, I mean, you're hearing stories about locals, you know, threatening and, you know, telling people to leave and all that. And, you know, it's unfortunate. But, you know, and, and then thankfully, though, the governor of of us, the Virgin Islands, was he, he, he actually addressed it. He would do a daily address at one o'clock every day on Facebook. And he said, look, guys, the cruisers, there's not been one. Um, verified case of a sailor or cruiser bringing in COVID. It's all come in through the airport. Everybody that's brought COVID has been a family member returning or something like that, and they've flown in with it, and that's how it's getting into the islands, not the cruisers. So thankfully, I'm really appreciative of governor of the governor. Oh, gosh, I forgot, I forgot his name now. But I watched his little briefing every day pretty much. But so I'm really grateful the way they handled that. Um, and this is when they reopened the beach, it was a lot of fun. But then you, then you got to get to the point where you're like, okay, now hurricane season's approaching, right? Where are we going to go for hurricane season? Because originally the plan was to go down to Grenada and have the boat hauled out. Well, in mid in mid May, Grenada was not accepting anybody to come in, and then or in May they weren't. And then about mid May they said, okay, you can come in, but you got to quarantine for two weeks in this remote anchorage. You can't come in, and then. You know, get, then you got to you know do your boat stuff and get out, right? Um, or actually, they weren't making you leave, but you know, it was very restricted. You weren't, nothing was open, and then they weren't allowing people to fly in and all that. And so it was kind of okay if I left my boat there and I did, you know, haul it out on the hard and we left. Where, what happens if I want to go back to my boat and come October, November, or whatever, and they're still locked down and they're not letting people fly in, so I can't get back to my boat? Like that happened to a lot of people, especially in the South Pacific. I mean, I think there's there's several other YouTubers that um, that they were not uh, they couldn't get back to their boat for over a year because the country wouldn't let them in to get back to their boat. So I didn't want to risk that. So it was really cool. The um, there's the Salty Dog Sailing Association. It's a uh, it's, it's saltydogsailing.org. It's a it's a pretty cool little thing. Um, so it's, they they put on these rallies and these flotillas every year, and so they have a rally from like uh, Norfolk down to uh, the Caribbean, and then they have one from the Caribbean back up, and they have they have all these rallies all over. They're pretty cool. I've I've, I've highlighted them on the channel before. I'd check it out. It's this really cool group, and it's really not expensive, and it's not as um, Oh, uh, strict as uh, what's that other one? The Ark, the World Ark. So basically, the way it works with them is that you register, um, 
actually they did it for free on this for the homer bound flotilla in 2020 to get everybody back to the states from the from the caribbean they did it for free which is really cool um so they had volunteers and what they do is is that you sign up uh you have most people have some kind of tracker on their boat it would be at a spot or a in reach or predict wind or something so you you send them your tracker information and how they can contact you either by hf or by you know sat phone or email or whatever you register with them and then they kind of set they help you set up all the paperwork so they help you get the clearances you need to do so they helped us get clearance to stop in the bahamas on the way back in case we needed it for fuel right um and uh, we ended up really not needing fuel but um so it was really neat so uh, uh, May 20th, over 100 boats, I think it was 120 boats, all left from the Caribbean at the same time, and it was pretty cool seeing everybody's track, because they had a little map where you could watch everybody's track as you're going, and you can see, if you had, as long as you had internet, like, once we got offshore, we didn't have internet, but when we were close enough to an island, we could pick up internet and see where all the other boats were, and it was really cool. We buddy-boated with our friend Stephen Loretta on their boat, and we stayed with them, I mean, within a couple miles of them the whole way, and it was really cool. Like, we, they weren't slowing down for us, we weren't slowing down for them, we just happened to be pretty well-matched boat speed like at certain points of the wind they're in a catamaran they'd be faster downwind and certain points uh of sail we'd be faster so it was really cool we stayed with each other the whole way and then you know about three days four days into the sail we get notification from salty dog saying hey there's a pretty big weather system you guys need to uh, pull over in the bahamas and wait it out so i mean because we, we we could see the weather system coming it was pretty cool and uh basically saw the weather system coming we went to long island and about 15 or 20 other boats went there um some of the other boats kind of got caught in it depending on how slow or fast they were that's just kind of the way it goes but uh it was really fun um we kind of it was two nights sitting there in the bahamas it was a nice way to break up the trip we actually went ahead and got fuel we didn't really need it because we'd hardly used any fuel at all we motored i mean not motored we sailed pretty much the whole way downwind but we went and topped off like 30 or 40 gallons of, of diesel uh and then cont- and then at that point they they our friend Stephen Loretta split off they went a different direction because they were going a little more south and we went straight to uh, uh Beaufort North Carolina so it was a pretty cool thing getting to do the salty dog back I'd highly recommend it if you're looking for if you're going to sail down to the Caribbean for the first time in your new boat I'd highly recommend hooking up with them because they'll help you give all the information you need it's a good support group it's kind of different than there's another organization called the world arc they're a bit more number one very expensive uh and much more restrictive like they'll actually do safety uh uh safety inspections on your boat uh and you and you there's a lot of stuff you got to have i mean you got to have everything that they require and it's expensive and then i think it's pretty expensive to do their uh to register with them but they handle everything but it's kind of good and bad like i've met up with some of the art cruisers in the pacific and problem is they do a, a around the world arc what they call it but they'll do it in 18 months which is way too fast in my opinion but they will do like segments you can do i want to do the arc from mediterranean to the caribbean and stuff like that so it is kind of cool doing that but uh sorry i got something in my eye um but it was really cool i mean that that really was but you know there's similar stories from cruisers all over 
you know, you hear about people, like I said, that were locked out of their boats, or uh, you know, I had friend, you know, like there's a bunch of sail, uh, you know, YouTube sailors uh, that were all in the Bahamas. Like basically, I think they said there was like 10 or 12 boats, and they just were locked down in the same little anchorage. They kind of popped between these two anchorages, depending on which way the wind was going, and they just hung out for like months, and they had a good time, and then they got to know the locals because it was all. You know, nobody was coming and going. It was all the same people all the time. So they got they would hang out with the locals and go get groceries, and you know they had a good time. But then I know I know I have a friend that was he had his boat on the hard in Tunisia uh, when the lockdown happened, and they locked down hard, and so he was stuck in Tunisia on the hard for six eight months, and just I couldn't imagine. He was supposed to be there for like three weeks getting some work done, and then he gets stuck on the hard for months. You know I, I, that would just be awful. But so that was kind of our whole trip, uh, how what things happened with us for COVID. So then, you know, got the boat back to Beaufort, North Carolina, and that I was in um, early June, and then got the boat to Annapolis for uh, the summer is where I kept the boat and um, had a good time there. You know, I mean, it, it was just pretty much like anywhere else, dealing with the lockdowns and all that and the restrictions, and they slowly opened and all that. Um, so it it was what it was, but. You know, so this season with COVID, um, it has been a bit of a um, issue, right? I mean, because a lot of the places, especially early on in the season, um, like November, December, were closed, or not letting people in, or they're very restrictive, requiring quarantines and all that. Uh, so on this boat, I ended up buying it in Puerto Rico in January. They were still very restrictive in January. They they were doing indoor dining, but only at fifty percent capacity, and you had to wear a mask everywhere. Uh, and then uh, pretty much the same in the, in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, they're a little more open now. I think Puerto Rico is still a bit more locked down. Puerto Rico is – I love Puerto Rico, but, I mean, it is an older population, so they're very much more at risk, I would say. And plus their health care is not as good as the rest of the United States, so they tend to be a bit more restrictive. And I don't know. I think it's just their, their government um, is, is a bit – um, harsh, in my opinion, you know, they, they kind of, it's more of an authoritarian, I love, love Puerto Rico, I don't, I don't want to say too much about it, but in my opinion, it seems like they're kind of a little more authoritarian than, than the rest of the United States as far as government goes, but anyway, so uh, getting in, you know, the U.S. Virgin Islands was pretty easy, now I'm in St. Martin right now, so I'm on the Dutch side, coming into the Dutch side was super easy, we just got a COVID test and filed a little online thing, and then boom, we're in. Whereas most of the rest of the Caribbean, like if you're on the, in any of the French islands, if you're already in the French islands, then you can go anywhere in the French islands with a COVID test. Sometimes you don't even need a COVID test. But, uh, you know, a lot of the places are starting to open up. And I think when, like I got vaccinated, so I think when vaccines, and you're starting to see this now, like on the questionnaire now on the Dutch side, they're asking, they, when I first got here, they weren't asking if you're vaccinated. Now they are. So I think in a matter of, weeks or months it's going to be okay you can come in if you're vaccinated and i think you're going to see a lot more of that so i think by the time next cruising season rolls around so right now cruising season's wrapping up um this place there's so many boats that have left here i mean there's very few boats left here uh you know because a lot of people's insurance june 1st is hurricane season my insurance um i'm it's it's so i'm actually i'm covered in the caribbean during hurricane season uh there's a few restrictions so i'm not too worried about it but uh i mean so within 
I'll be in about three weeks. I'll in two weeks I'll leave here, go through the USVI, and then end up in Puerto Rico, and then I'll haul out in Puerto Rico, and that's where uh, they have a hurricane tie down reserved, and basically that's where I will keep the boat during hurricane season, and I'll I'll return to it in late October and uh, get sailing again. But that's kind of what I'm doing now. But anyway, I think by Next October, November, I think as long as you're vaccinated, you're going to be able to go anywhere you want to go, really. Uh, maybe still you need a, a COVID test occasionally sometimes, but I think it's going to be a lot easier. Here's hoping. So I don't know. I think if you're planning to go cruising, I, I think this next cruising season is going to be really busy because so many people didn't go get to go last season. So many people are... Uh, you know, buying boats right now for this reason. I think the boat market is really hot, and so I think a lot of people are planning on doing this. I think this next season will be really busy with cruisers, uh, especially probably leaving the East Coast, going into the Bahamas. I bet you the Bahamas packed next season. I mean, kind of what I'm planning to do is I'll come back to my boat here, well, in Puerto Rico, and I'll do the I'll do the Caribbean for about two or three months. So I'll do November, December, January in the Caribbean, and then I'll start working my way back. Uh, to uh, like Turks and Caicos and through the Bahamas like March and April and maybe May I will uh, be back in Florida and that's when I'm maybe going to sell this boat probably because I would like to I don't know I either need to get uh, a proper trawler or I need to get a catamaran because I would like to go some longer legs on sails right so this boat can only do about four or five hundred miles and as for some of the sailing I'd like to do, I'd like to go further than that. So I either need a proper trawler, which I don't know if that's going to happen because like a 50-foot trawler that is capable of going a couple thousand miles is you're talking millions, right? Or a million dollars or 800,000 or something crazy like that, right? For a, for a 10-year-old one, right? Uh, or more. Um, whereas maybe like a, a sailing catamaran, like a 45-foot sailing cat would be more in my budget but, you know, we'll see. Um, so that'll be kind of my thing there. So, hey, you know, I, and the, re, the reason I would get this boat back to Florida and sell it there is because I think it'll be worth a lot more money in Florida than it will be here. Um, I think I got a pretty good deal on it, and I've done some quite a few upgrades. And so I think I'll definitely be able to sell it for more than um, I paid for it, and, um, and especially in Florida. So anyway, hey, keep an eye on Maybe if, you, if you're interested in this boat. Uh, talk to me in uh, next April, March or April. But anyway, guys, um, I don't know. Did that answer all your questions uh, about COVID and, and all that? I mean, uh, I, there hasn't been really many cases down here in the Caribbean. I mean, like, I think uh, it's unfortunate right now, like in St. Martin on the Dutch side. Uh, so last week, I mean, it was business as usual, right? No masks in restaurants, bars, services open. I mean, the bars are crowded, whatever. Uh, and then, I don't know. I think there's like seven cases or five on the whole island now. And maybe I think it's less than that. I think it's like five or three even. Um, so I, I'd have to look it up on there. Last time I looked, I think it was five. And uh, they, the Dutch side now closed. They're not doing a curfew, but at 11 p.m., all bars and restaurants have to close. Uh, on the French side of the island, so it's like split in half, they're doing a curfew at 8 o'clock. So you have to be home by 8 o'clock. So if you're on the Dutch side and you live on the French side and it's 8.15, They've got the bridges shut down and the police, and you're not allowed to get back. So, uh, you know, and then vice versa. You know, you can't you can't leave if you're stuck there. So anyway, that's kind of one of those weird things. But you know, that's the way it is. So, but I think all that's going to be. I think maybe this is the last little lockdown they're going to do. I really enjoyed it here so far. I've been here for about a month, uh, and the reason I've stayed here is because 
it is so open. I mean, everywhere else in the Caribbean, it's mass required everywhere, and you know, uh, you know, restaurants and serving is limited here. It's not. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. I have a big. I, I kind of made a good um, friend group here uh, with other sailors and cruisers. Unfortunately, a lot of them are leaving now. A lot of them in the la- have in the last like three or four or five days since the end of May and early June. Uh, three or four of my four maybe three yeah four of my boating friends have left. Um, so there, I still have a few friends that live on the island, but they're all planning to leave by the end of June. Um, so I'll be getting out here in the next couple of weeks. But anyway, so anyway, hopefully that answered some of your questions about COVID-related stuff. Uh, leave me a comment down below if you'd like to chat a little more about it. Uh, so anyway, thank you guys for watching. Please click that like and subscribe button. And remember, if you'd like to listen to this in your car or any of the other, I've got like 15 or 20. I got no more. I have like 30 episodes now. If you want to listen to some of the podcasts, you can go on Spotify. You can do uh, iTunes, whatever. You can listen to them in your car. Some of them are a lot longer, you know, two or three hours. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, not two or three hours. An hour or some more. Uh, but, you know, a lot of them are about 20, 30 minutes like this. So thank you guys for watching. Thanks for clicking the top bell. And um, talk to you later.